Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined by awesome co-hosts this week, Laura Nash. How are you doing, Laura? I am excellent. And Nate Heininger. How are you doing, Nate? Was that an egg pun? Excellent? That was not, but is now that... it is. <laughs> yes. So, yes, Laura, is. Laura, you got me all, like... You said I right before we started recording that Laura had a joke and she wrote it down and she was <laughs> going to use it on the show. And I was like, I thought, so I've been, I've been sitting, I'm waiting for it. And I thought maybe that was it. Excellent. Every single time I make an accidental <laughs> chicken reference, you're going to think that is the joke. And when I actually say it, it's going to fly by. Yeah. It's good. That's another, that's another chicken reference. Right ah, yep. yeah. So this week we're talking about a game called Bomb Chicken. Bomb Chicken is a Switch game from Nitrome. And uh, somebody else want to intro what it's all about? Well, before we get into it, let's just say that uh, Nitrome's Leap Day, I played for over a year almost every day. So when they were making a Switch game, I was super excited. Then when it was called Bomb Chicken, I was even more in because you're a little fat. I mean, you're you're so rotund that you kind of heave between frames is this really, really fat chicken. Oh, yeah. And all you do is walk and plant bombs. And with that, you can do a million things. It's so it's so neat. So before we do dig into that, yeah, you're, you're right. We should talk about Nitrome a little bit because Nitrome is app store royalty. Like Nitrome has been making games for a well over a decade. Uh, they have a history that goes back to online flash games and uh, they're really well regarded stuff there, but I, I was never really aware of that stuff, but their output on the iOS app store, I think on Android too, I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but their, their mobile output is they've got a lot of games and it's pretty remarkable. A lot it's, of them are really incredible. And, uh, uh, some, some places that I have seen have referred to them as the, uh, the Nintendo of the app store, which I think is an appropriate thing to call them. Nitrome makes a lot of games. They have a very unique style. They all have these very unique, very, uh, sort of pared down, simple, but really well thought out mechanics, lots of good iteration on those mechanics. They're, they make really cool games. They're such reliable hooks. Like a lot of games don't have, um, a lot of app store games are really hard to explain. Nitrope tends to be, this is the gameplay mechanic and that this is the hook. This is a bomb laying chicken. In Leap Day, it is a new level every day. Drop Wizard is, you know, another one I love. Everything is a really easy one sentence description. Brilliant marketing. Yeah. In fact, I, I'm just going to name off some of Nitrome's existing app store work that I've played and thought was really cool. Actually, I haven't played a hundred percent of these, but like uh leap day magic touch wizard. For, I think it's wizard for hire Redungeon, stretch dungeon, silly sausage in Meatland, platform panic, <laughs> uh, rust bucket, ultimate briefcase vault beneath the lighthouse, roller polar, go pogo hop swap cooped up green ninja, nano golf, puzzle putting magic mansion, slime pizza, Endless Doves, uh, another silly sausage game. I love the title. Some of them are like really innocuous, you know, and then mm -hmm. there's Silly Sausage in Meatland. <laughs> yeah. Which I believe is a sequel. Yeah, I think there are two Silly Sausage games. Uh, there's also Drop Wizard, Tower Fortress, Colorblind, Eye for an Eye, Spike City, Flat Pack, Turn Undead, Icebreaker, A Viking Voyage, Gunbrick, In the Doghouse, 
and 8-bit dubs. And that's just listing the ones that I see on their iPhone developer page on the on the App Store. These guys have made a ton of games. A couple of years ago, they had a blog post that said, we've just published our 136th game. So these people might know their way around mechanics is what I'm getting to because Flash games might not have uh, the length or you know, depth of a console game, but you must get a con, you know, that mechanic has to be perfect. And that's what I love about this one too. Yeah. Their games always make a great first impression with a really clear, engaging mechanic. They always have what I think is really attractive pixel art. Like they have a sort of a house style for their pixel yeah, art signature. Yeah. And it's really attractive. Uh, I think anyway, it's a little bit like kind of a uh, 16 bit plus, you know, it, it feels a little bit more, vibrant and uh, expressive and large sprites than your average 16-bit imitation style. Um, But uh, it still feels kind of retro and fun. And um, some of their games have a lot of staying power. They all have this sort of arcadey feel to them. I Probably the ones that I've played the most of are Drop Wizard, which is phenomenal, and Magic Mansion, which also is really, really great and has a cool sort of black and white pixel art aesthetic that I like a lot. Both of those games are great. I'm sure all of these games that they have done are terrific. And I also know we've talked about Leap Day uh, of all their games the most on this show. Um, Nate, you've played a fair amount of Leap Day, right? Yeah, um, I love Leap Day. It's it is just like we're talking about a super simple mechanic. It's uh, an endless runner in a way, but the uh, you're you're progressing vertically through a series of challenges. Uh, pretty ridiculous, like buzz saws, flames. I mean, it's a new map every single day, and it's very vibrant. Uh, but the only thing you can do is you can if you tap on the screen, you jump. If you tap again in mid jump, you do a double jump, and you sort of like slide down walls. So the whole game is going up, 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 you know, progressing through just an insane amount of little micro challenges. It's and it's pretty a, hard. <laughs> yeah, it does get pretty hard. Uh, but it, it's a wonderful game. And it's a perfect little iPhone game because there are little checkpoints. I think every five like levels you go up um, and, and it's great. And I had I played it like Laura said, also just a ton for probably almost a year. And then when we started doing this game again. Or whenever we were talking about it, uh, just talking about this game, I redownloaded Leap Year or Leap Day, and I've been playing it again because it's just so easy to just jump right in. And I love platformers, so that is perfect. And immediately, Bomb Chicken, which I want to call Robot Chicken every time, so don't be surprised <laughs> if I say that. Uh, it is the same thing. It's just like immediately you understand it, you know what you're in for. Um, it gets complex and difficult, but it's just so repeatable and so easy to just pick up and know like the rules. What am I capable of doing? Uh, It's awesome. Yeah. And what I think kind of unifies all of these games is a sense of this. So before I get into the territory where I might be uh, pulling an IGN on, on this, uh, you just say plagiarizing. (laughs) Yes. uh, So the the reason that I decided to pick up this game, I, mean, I first saw this game when Nintendo did a, I think it was their Nindies event, and they just showed sort of a rapid fire, like showing off a whole bunch of games that were coming out on the Switch for the rest of the year. And I saw Bomb Chicken and I thought, that's cute pixel art, but I don't know if I'll pick that up because I didn't know anything about it at the time. Um, and then quite a bit later, 
so first of all, one of my favorite YouTubers, uh, Game Maker's Toolkit uh, by Mark Brown. It's one of the best YouTube channels for sort of deep dive talks on game design. A really great YouTube channel if for some reason you are not already aware of it. But anyway, he did a, a video uh, quite a while back about Downwell, which I really loved. And the, the sort of focus of that video was called... Uh, what he calls dual purpose design, you know, coming up with a single mechanic or idea in a game that solves many problems. There's a sort of a semi-famous uh, Shigeru Miyamoto uh, quote about this, you know, where a, the, a good solution to a problem in game design doesn't solve one problem, it solves several problems at once. I'm paraphrasing Miyamoto, but anyway, you get the idea. Um, that video was great, and there was a response video to his from a channel that I had never seen before, uh, but that Mark Brown sort of retweeted and it was about Bomb Chicken, uh, saying Bomb Chicken is the same sort of thing. Bomb Chicken is a game that uses dual purpose design. It's got this single brilliant mechanic that solves so many problems that can, that is so flexible and is used in so many different ways. So I'm going to have a link in the show notes to that video, which is from a channel called Skip the Tutorial. Uh, they're a smaller channel, really, really good work on this video, and all the rest of their stuff is great too. So um, credit where credit is due, I probably wouldn't have played this game except for this excellent video that totally convinced me to give it a try. All that said, this game is the first Switch game from Nitrome, which is a huge selling point to me just on the face of it. Just the fact that Nitrome is now taking that really great design sense that they've built up over literally hundreds of sort of almost micro games and applying it to a slightly larger experience for consoles that's great. I'm super excited to see this happen. And I, I really hope it's a successful thing for them financially because it's a great game. It's a really fun platformer with a really clever central mechanic that just never gets old across well over 20 some odd uh, full levels. Yeah, I remember when it came out and it just seemed like more silly than necessarily um, like fun or challenging. And fortunately, it does both. It is really silly and adorable, and I know we're going to talk about the art uh, a little bit later, but it's also a lot more difficult than I was expecting for a game that is just one mechanic. I mean, there's, there's what, three total actions? Move, drop a bomb, and kick the bomb? I, I think that's the only three things you can do. Mm, yeah. Uh, now, the and, and it's funny, it's every single button on the Switch is drop a bomb. Which I love that they took that. I mean, I, I'm sure that it didn't take like a ton of time, but I love that they did that. It just makes it even, it really hammers home. Yeah. The, All you can was, do is drop The controller off. diagram is is pretty funny. <laughs> Shout out to Twisted Pixels Splosion Man from uh, Xbox in 2009, I believe. I played so much of it because really all you do, it's, it's another factory breakout game, just like in this one. And, you know, some... In this one, there's some kind of spiritual thing that gives you bomb laying powers. In that one, it's just experiment goes wrong and you're chasing after scientists and every button <laughs> is splode. That's um, awesome. On this one, every button is drop a bomb. And there's something so freeing about just kind of, you know, I, I like, you know, pressing different ones just to drop bombs all the time because it's much more entertaining than always hitting A. Um, it just gives us wonderful freedom. And yeah, you can say that it, or, from the mobile game, but I think it also works really nicely on Switch. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah this could have been a mobile game, but it would have been, I think, overwhelming as a mobile game. Uh, it's, too, it's too much. Yeah, no. It, it, this is such a perfect like platform for this because it is it has the simplicity of design of a mobile game, but it is a game that like 
having the slightly larger screen, the full on like, you know, controls. I played a lot of this on my TV and it's perfect there too. Like this is, it's a, it's a great game for switch. Yeah. I don't think you could do it. Um, I think this game would be really, really hard with any sort of touch movement control because it does get pretty fast paced and pretty crazy. And you got to drop a lot of bombs. Uh, I guess the other like mechanic I did, we didn't say you can only drop bombs, but what dropping a bomb does is lifts you up. Uh, and so instead of being able to jump, you can't jump at all. All you can do is drop bombs and build little towers and fall off of the little towers. So you're doing a lot of this, like sometimes really rapid fire, like tower building and jumping be- and falling between things. And if you had to do that with like a, a, a screen D pad or something, way. it just, it would not work. Uh, or they would have had to make the game a lot more simple. I also, one thing that, um, just real quick back on the every button is a bomb. Another thing that I think it does, which is subtle, is it shows you there's not going to be another mechanic in this game. If there were buttons that were like, you know, unused, you might think, oh, later I'm going to get like flapping power or, <laughs> or, you know, some other chicken. Well, I guess it's dropping bombs. So it could be anything, but like something that else I'm going to be able to do It's like, nope. Right out of the gates, it's all, it's just bombs. I mean, this is a, got a ton of arcade DNA. Like, In fact, almost every good arcade now, almost every one is a mobile game port. I feel like Bomb Chicken could just be a right, left, bomb, bomb, bomb. This could work just as well at a three button, totally. like a little joystick and hit the bomb button. Um, it's got a lot of puzzle platformer DNA as well because you have to solve, you know, you have to lay the bombs the right way. You have to, there's a lot of, precision timing but it's so frenetic and just so much is going on i want to shout out to the sound design uh if reagan will drop a track of the insanity it feels super exciting Maybe what would help here would be to talk about all the different ways that this game uses its central mechanic. Because it does have essentially that one single mechanic. Um, Nate already explained it. You can lay bombs. You can lay as many bombs as you want. There's no limit on the number. The bombs all have a timer. So they work a lot like bombs in uh, in Bomberman. Uh, you lay a bomb. It blinks for a little bit and eventually it explodes. And when you lay bombs, it raises you up slightly so you can build towers of bombs to get up to higher points. But there's always a little bit of risk or reward there because if you're standing on top of your bombs, uh, eventually they're going to all explode and you're going to explode with them. So it's a matter of trying to lay those bombs to get around or to activate various things like switches or to attack enemies. But eventually they do explode and you have to be clear of them before they do that. Yeah, it's a the game is a a one hit kill so either you're in the blast radius of a bomb or you touch there are enemies if you just lightly touch one it'll kill you so um there is some a lot of precision with how close can you be to the bomb before when it explodes because sometimes you have to get yourself like right on the edge and not blow yourself up which i think blowing yourself up is probably 90 percent of the deaths in this game mm-hmm. um there's a lot of enemies and a lot of things that can kill you but personally at least that's this of course just my experience was i was dying from that more than i was from hitting a spike oh, or yeah. something like that because of the amount that it requires you to like stack them and move and stack and move and 
um, it gets challenging. It's really well balanced because you can just breeze through and do the normal route. I mean, towards later levels, it gets more maze-like, but I get greedy and I want gems. And that's usually, it's it's my hubris that causes me to die. And I, that is how every game like this should be. Like I should be taking crazy risks to get uh, gems that are placed in far off locations and dying a ton doing that. Um, that is exactly where I want to be dying. I feel it's very fair. Um, and it, it should be challenging because I died two or three times and I get it. And I feel like I am the best gamer in the world. If I had done it the first time, I'd probably be a better gamer though. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's very similar to, um, Celeste in a lot mm. of like the level makeup. And I love Celeste. I'm still playing Celeste. So when this game, you know, when I got into this game, it's easy for me to make comparisons. Of course, it's not as hard as Celeste, but it does do, there's like the main path, which is usually the easiest path. I'm not saying it's always easy, but compared to those uh, in Celeste, it was strawberries. In this game, it's gems. And what I really like about Bomb Chicken over Celeste, actually, is that the the strawberries in Celeste were like challenge for the sake of challenge. So they were really, really difficult, but there was nothing to incentivize you to get them other than just wanting a harder experience. What I like in bomb chicken is it's like the currency of the game. And after uh, once you reach a certain amount of gems, you get extra lives. So it doesn't like you could do it without getting them, but you're actually making the game easier for you in the long run by doing these more, difficult challenges in each level yeah you're always opting into those more difficult challenges though so if you do find yourself hitting a wall in a particular room you can choose well i'm going to skip those five gems and keep moving and it doesn't feel like you know those are vital to your there's hundreds of gems so it's not like missing a couple of them is going to ruin your experience or set you back it's a it's a great way of letting you kind of opt into the difficulty, and it does pay off to go for those gems, but you don't have to get every single one. Let's take a brief second to talk about what you do with those gems, which is offer them to a giant chicken idol with a bunch of skulls around its neck. (laughs) It's implied that perhaps this idol has brought you to life to wreak revenge on your humanoid captors. Yeah, like little minions. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're stuck at a fast food factory that puts this blue hot sauce on everything. Yeah, and it, it, all the signs say God. BFC, and I think it's blue fried chicken. I think that's what it stands <laughs> for. That's my best guess. Well, the chicken, though, stays the normal chicken color when it's fried. Oh, but it has the weird blue sauce it's got on blue it. blue hot sauce. So one of the best things that Nitrum does is whenever they show their logo, they kind of build it up in a game-specific way. And in this one, they build a tray of chicken and they put blue hot sauce on it and then the nitrum letters fall on top of it. Yeah. And you see that blue hot sauce all through this game. And I'm <laughs> Laura, not sure what's happening there, but... I w- do, Does it say anywhere in the game that it's hot sauce? <laughs> or um, is it- it's blue sauce. <laughs> I mean, I love hot sauce. Just- I assume it's blue hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, that's I just assumed, like, what else do you put on chicken? It does not look good. It does not look tasty to me at all. I mean, there's blue gems and there's, I, mean, I don't know. I just assumed it was hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> probably it might be. Hot. I don't know. <laughs> what do you put on chicken? Hot sauce. <laughs> the whole factory theme 
it, actually, it does have some variety to the levels. There's some sort of jungle-ish themed levels. There's factory themed levels. There's levels that are haunted by ghosts. So, you know, it does vary things up. Um, but, uh, and it also does an incredible job of varying up the challenges that you're facing. So it's constantly throwing new things at you. There are, uh, from based on the level select screen, I am stuck at the like third level from the end right now. Um, but I'm going to keep at it. Uh, but from the level select screen, I think there are 26 levels. I might be misremembering that. I think it's like either 26 or 28 levels. Um, each level, if you are able to get through it pretty quickly, uh, is maybe five minutes. Uh, but in most cases, you're going to have to play the same level several times. And uh, each level, almost every single level in the game, introduces something new. Some new way that you have to use your bombs to get over some kind of new obstacle or a new type of enemy or something like that. Um, and it's it's doing that right up to the end of the game. New stuff constantly. And that's what I think is so clever about this game. It, it's given you every tool that you have. In the very first level, the bombs are the one thing that you can do. And then it it's constantly having you realize that there are new things you can do with those bombs, new things that you have to uh, you know do to overcome these obstacles. It's constant variation and, and variety, even though it's got this incredibly simple mechanic. Yeah. Why don't we talk about a couple of the ways that it makes you yeah. um, use those bombs? So we've already said, like, the the core one is since you can't jump, it is still a platformer. You're way you're too fat to jump. <laughs> yeah, you're way too fat to an jump. obese chicken. Yeah. Um, you're, you're building every time, even, like, there'll be single bomb steps. You just drop a little bomb, you go up. But other times you're going from the bottom of the level all the way to the top. So you have to build the tower or um, you're, you have to go all the way, you have to, clear a gap like a big gap of spikes they have to build a tower all the way up and then fall off and hope you make it across and it's the kind of game where like the the gravity works where you can control the chicken in air so you are sometimes falling and kind of like trying to land in a very specific spot like we'll, we'll probably talk about stuff. the art in in a you know in more depth but i want to say that the the falling chicken animation is easily the best thing yeah, in the game. Awesome. When the chicken is falling from a great height, he's just sort of like flailing back and forth and flapping his tiny ineffective wings. And it is fantastic. It completely yeah. matches my mental state as the chicken is falling because odds are <laughs> something has moved into the chicken's flight path that is going to cause my death. And the chicken yeah. is slowly flailing down. I mean, it doesn't slow down, but it's chicken is moving down and I'm going, no, 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 no. And then I die. Um, that. I appreciate an animation that matches my mental state. Your state of panic. Yeah. And so that is that is the core. I mean, you're doing that. That's just like moving even more than any like puzzle mechanic, though they use it for puzzle in a lot of ways. But also, as we talk about, you can kick bombs uh, and they don't roll with the floor. They they go. They stay at whatever plane they are when you kick it and it'll go across the map until it hits something. And if you kick a stack of bombs, the entire stack moves. So you could build up a stack of five bombs, kick it, and it'll clear gaps. It'll go straight across and the, the bombs stay stacked until they hit something, uh, which means that you can kick bombs the whole way across a level. You can kick a whole bunch of bombs and hit a whole bunch of enemies at once. All of these are things that you'll be required to do at some point. Yeah, and they then they start adding like switches and you have to kick a bomb into a switch and maybe that switch is really high in the map. So you have to build a tower up, jump off and then go back over and kick the bomb into the switch. And it just gets like more and more complicated. Then they start 
that's like messing with your own mechanic, but then they start messing with the map. So there's all sorts of interactable things on the map that trigger from bombs exploding or make you bounce in certain ways. It, and it gets like more frenetic and more hectic. Or things that will set up your set off your bombs prematurely, which mean that maybe you need to get up high, but you you have to race the exploding bombs that are exploding faster than normal underneath you. There's great Indiana Jones type things where you're bombing things, you're excavating, and then you need to jump off and leap and the ground's disappearing and then you try to figure out how you go back. There's a lot of really inventive uh, gameplay in here, especially uh, some of the things I've been really, you know, switches and hazards are all things that I've seen before, but I really, uh, again, on the greed levels, when you're, sometimes you might just get a stack of things and you dig and you explode and then some of them turn into spikes, which is something that is very leap day because if you ever played an ice level, you're just running around and getting all your little fruits and then suddenly half of them are covered in daggers. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they do some really clever stuff too or, or really like interesting ways of playing with their really small mechanics. Um, normally an entire level, so Reagan said there's like 26 levels. Normally each level will be like dedicated to a type of mechanic. So like now there's things that shoot from the wall. So you have to use your bombs to block yourself from being shot by things in the wall. And the entire map will be like something about that. One that I thought was really clever is there's a map uh, or a level where you're constantly bouncing off of enemies. You know, Mario rules apply if you land on the top of an enemy and this has a spike head, it dies and it bounces you back up like the normal sort of a, a good amount of bounce. So this entire level is bouncing off of creatures to get over spikes and get to different things. And you're like constantly bouncing these bouncing. Then when you get into the next part of that level, you're in a really small tunnel with the same creatures with the same creatures underneath you. And if you bounce off of them, you'll hit the ceiling and die. So you spend the entire first half of the level, like getting this bouncing down, getting into this like rhythm, getting in this mechanic. And then they immediately subvert it and say, stop bouncing. If you do bounce, you're going to die. And you have to like really craftily sneak around things. So you don't bounce off of them. It's really awesome. That is a perfect example. And that was one of the most memorable levels in the first, say half or so of the game. It's got, it, it, it's such a perfect example because they, they are constantly doing that. They'll take uh, an interesting idea uh, give it to you in its simplest form, then give you many of that same thing at once or some other twist on that same mechanic, and then give you a complete subversion of that mechanic before throwing it away. And then you won't see it maybe at all for, for many levels until they bring it back in some kind of potpourri level with a bunch of stuff. So it's very Nintendo in its design. If you play um, almost any Mario game, you get that same kind of vibe off of their uh, their level design. They're constantly inventing a new thing using it, using it in a different way, using it in a different way, subverting it and giving it to you in a totally weird way, and then throwing it away and you never see it again. And I, I love that style of level design. That's sort of like this really well thought out. I, it's, 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 it shows how much care uh, Nitrome puts into these. Even even their mobile games feel like that. They're all full of this incredible level design that's just constantly inventing things never wastes a level like you never you never get a level that's just the same thing again and all of this is without any explanation there's never anything like use your bomb to set off this trigger like kick a bomb to do that like they they start the game out and they 
do the, you know, tell you how to move left and right and tell you how to drop a bomb. And then never again, it's all, uh, taught through that slow progression of, of, uh, complicating and complicating complicating a mechanic uh it's really well done i mean i think this is a game that everything on it is thought through and well done we've been we've already hit like even just talking about how much we love this game we've already talked about we're having a hard time not talking about like the art and the sound and the and the mechanics we keep like oh yeah that's that's good like i love that too so this whole game is just a really tight package that's a lot of fun and really unique we don't get a ton of games that have one mechanic used this freely. I mean, we've talked a little bit about Mario Odyssey, but even so, like putting a hat on something means you can do a billion different things. So it's a little different. Um, but in here, it's I could think of the Swapper is one that we've done, yeah. um, which is a game where you're basically cloning yourself and body swapping to control your clones uh, and using that for puzzle. But that's a much less frenetic it's a much more thoughtful slow paced game where you're trying to think through it uh often when i you know going back to mobile games i think that these like central mechanics used a ton of different ways is perfect for this kind of arcadey feel yeah and i think less deliberate the the swapper it was phenomenal i loved that game and i i do think that was more that's more of like a that is a puzzle platformer i almost think of robot (laughs) <laughs> Dang it. There it is. Uh, bomb, b- bomb chicken as more of an action platformer. Yeah. There, there are definitely puzzle elements, but nothing more than any other action platformer. Shoot this trigger to open this door, you know? Yeah. You get to do one thing and use it to solve a ton of different puzzles, but feel-wise, they're completely different. But yeah. just if you're looking for, can you do this arcadey one action flexibility thing in a kind of despondent melancholy uh sci-fi uh, game yes what you is, can that's one of the i i you know that's a, a game we did a couple of years ago so if mm-hmm. you've not played that or listened to that episode definitely recommend it but oh super high recommend on one that. of the super. only games i've put down the control at the end and thought what have i done <laughs> yeah, <it's such> <laughs> like, which you don't think i mean we haven't finished bomb chicken but i don't think we're I going to have an think, existential yeah. crisis at the end of it i hope know? not I'm so close, guys. I, I I don't love to do an episode on the sh- short of the short game without having completed the game, but I'm really stuck on level 21. Uh, hopefully, yeah. uh, knowing how I operate, I'm probably going to go back to it tonight and blow through it in one try. But I think I must have mm-hmm. uh, tried to get through level 21 at least 30 times so far, and it's it's, it's it has been stymieing me. But I'm definitely yeah. getting there. Well, while we're on that, I think that's a good point to bring up some of the cool ways they handle uh running out of lives and oh resets. yeah like lives yeah. and resets and stuff yeah yeah something i noticed about that that i think is really really clever and it it doesn't like make a big deal out of this it just it just so the, the game has obviously lives you start with i think three and the more um uh, uh gems you collect <laughs> the more <laughs> Tributes to the you get yeah yeah to the uh, chicken god and basically each heart you have gives you one death without having to start the level over so if you die in the middle of a room and, it, and you have any hearts left you lose the, you lose a heart but you start over in the same room so you get to start right back where you left off if you lose all of your hearts you have to heart start the whole level over which might mean sometimes doing several rooms over again it's not a huge setback but it means the difference between restarting instantly and 
and having to play through a few rooms again to get back to where you were. So obviously you want to, you know, start right over where you were. You want more of those hearts. Uh, Something that it does that I think is pretty clever and just sort of like kind, considerate design. If you die in the first room, or I think it might even be a little longer than the first room in some of the levels. Because it kind of depends, it depends on what counts on, as a room. Yeah, some yeah. of the first rooms are huge, and it works in there, and then some of them are like a single screen. Yeah, so if you die in the first zone or room or whatever of a level, um, it doesn't take away from your hearts. Because the assumption is you could always just hit reset on the level. You could back out to the menu, go back in. And I've definitely played games where, like, you know, I've got a certain number of tries, and if I don't play perfectly in the first part of a level, it's not worth it's not worth yeah. continuing. You just want to reset and try again. And this game solves that problem by just basically saying like, well, in the first lo- room, obviously we're going to reset to this room anyway. We're not going to take away any hearts, no matter how many times you die in the first room of a level, uh, which I thought I, I didn't even, didn't even notice that it was doing that until probably level 20. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, that's awesome. Like that's a really clever little design choice that, that reduced the frustration. I probably would have felt otherwise with some of those, those levels. I went in to reset the first time and then I realized, oh, wait, I don't have to. Yeah, it's yeah. really clever. It's, it's really cool. And I hope that anyone out there who's de- developing a platformer, especially one that is in like hard that you're going to die a lot on, do that. Why not? <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's like it just feels so natural and it makes it makes so much sense. I mean, the the ultimate sort of extension of that could be to go full towards the way Celeste does things and you don't. Ha, you know, have a, a concept of lives. Uh, even even yeah. a lot of the a lot of games have kind of done away with lives completely. This game, I think, it uses them to add some tension because they're, you know, the, the levels are pretty short, and you do have to, on some level at least, you have to complete all of the challenges that the level gives you within a certain number of lives, or you have to start over. And that is part of the design. It's part of the tension of the game. Um, there were times, particularly with this level that I'm stuck on, where I was like, man, did this game really need lives? Couldn't they just have like restarted me at this level continually until I get past it? But uh, particularly because this level, the the really, really hard bit is in the middle. So I keep finally getting past it after many, many tries and then dying in a stupid way in like yeah. the next room. Ugh. But uh, but that is sort of part of the design of the game. And I think it's done a, a pretty good job of making that way of handling lives feel well considered, at least. Yeah, and they do another thing to make the lives, uh, like still okay. Because I do love how Celeste does it, but uh, and other games like that. But normally, like the individual screens are way more difficult than one individual screen in Bomb Chicken. True, it's like the whole level, the whole the whole level of Bomb Chicken is hard. But it is because, like you said, it's the challenge of completing the whole thing in a certain amount of lives. If you could just do every screen without ever having to go back and do the other ones, I think this would feel very different. And I think it's better that you have to be able to beat the whole world in a certain amount of lives. Uh, But they do another thing, though, to make this easier for you. We've already talked about how getting the blue crystals, the gems, is usually the most challenging part of a room. What's awesome is as long as you complete the room, like you go through the screen and it goes into the next room. Any gym you've collected in that room, the previous mm. room, you you keep even if you have to do a game over. So you know that if you get those gyms and you get out of that room, you're never going to have to do them again, even if you have to start over. 
That's a really good point. Yeah, that is unless you back out to the main menu or you choose a different level from the level select. That does reset those gems. But that's a really, really nice uh, sort of consideration because if you've, you know, taken the time to go out of your way and get that hard to reach gem, you don't have to do that again, even if you've had to restart the level. Yeah, and it allows because there is it can feel like backtracking or, you know, you might be on the final screen of the level. But you die and so you have to go all, you know, you run out, so you have to go all the way back to the beginning. Usually that like primary path, the path that is not getting any of the gems, anything like that is not that difficult, especially if you've, you know, after you've done it a few times. So you can start to sort of like fly through the beginning of the level to get to the end. That's not always the case. I know like Reagan, you're saying one of the most difficult parts of the level you're on is the very first part. But for the most part, it like ramps up. Yeah. And you, you know, you know, you might have to play through those first four screens many, many times, but you get into it and you can get through it without dying. And I liked that it it added a level of like mastery to the game, whereas a game like Celeste or whatever, it's just like constant repeating of one challenge until you beat it. This is like getting good at things that you're just passing through. And I think that can be fun, too. Yeah, that really is. It's It's great to kind of get to that point where, well, maybe I'm beating my head against that final area or you know final part of the level but i can get through those first several screens like it's like nothing it's like Mm -hmm. caro blaster yeah 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 which such a great game and that is coming out on nintendo switch in like a couple of weeks i think i forget the date but uh if you missed caro blaster on the playstation or on the iphone uh that's coming to switch soon too and i think it'll be a perfect platform for it yeah, By the way, Laura, total vindication for you. I was just flipping through the character art section of their press kit, and there is a very large illustration of one of the weird little green dudes in a helmet holding a mm-hmm. blue jar labeled hot sauce. Yes. Oh, nice. You are, sauce. you are vindicated. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. My assumption based on nothing is right. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yep. So, so speaking of the art, let's talk about the art of this game, because we kind of we kind of talked about a few specific like sprites that we liked, but God, I like this, the pixel art style in this game. Now, Nitrome does amazing work. A lot of their games have great pixel art, but this is like, this is like a whole other level from their mobile stuff that I've played. At least this is really, really well done. I think my favorite part of the art is the villain design because all of, yes, there's a ton of little spikes and switches and things, but Every time you are facing a villain, they have something extra weird about them. They have goggles or they have a really odd mouth shape that makes them look like they're like singing opera or they are <laughs> holding a jar of hot sauce. The character right. art for the villains is really distinctive. There's no, you know, just dig dug looking thing running around. Everything is really precise and um, it's like any good villain design, once you see them and recognize them, you know how they behave. But it's very charming at times. It's very funny. Uh, it also looks super alien. And I dig it because I still don't really know what's going on plot-wise in this game. Because <laughs> there seem to be aliens. And- There's a huge ziggurat in which they are rendering chicken into fast food meals. There is and some foul play. I, at uh, oh, nice. Is that the joke? That was the joke. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so uh, glad yeah. that you wrote that down. 
Uh, I, I figured we talked plot at some point. Yep. So I I I love the I love the art, but specifically I love the like the pixel art. Like there are there are uh, particularly in the marketing materials for this like full sort of illustrations, but the pixel art is just so good and particularly the animation so like the 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 chicken himself or herself i don't think it's best it must be a she right because she can lay eggs um the chick but she has said it was pooping which i was like i was like it's clearly laying eggs it's (laughs) laying eggs but also doesn't it have the little red waddle huh we need to we need to have we need to have a discussion about the gender of this chicken or we don't because no um walk it back yeah the 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 chicken the chicken is so fat and it is so squash and stretch. It's so incredibly like um, liquidy in the way that it's animated. When it walks, it, it has this rolling flopping walk. When you, when you do the egg laying animation, there is a single frame of the animation when the chicken has just, I don't want to be gross with the way I'm describing this, but when it is just squeezed out its bomb egg, it, it has a frame of its animation where it, it it looks sort of squeezed and deflated, and then it pops back into shape up on top yeah. of the egg. It's this incredible little squash and stretch, blump, 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 along with the sound. It's just so good. Everything about the way the chicken is animated is beautiful, and almost all of the enemies, too, and including some really cute sort of all, rarer one-off versions of enemies, the little green dudes who are clearly running the factory, every now and then you'll run into one who's just doing something weird. Like one is just slacking off on the job, playing a game on his phone or. So, so that that guy in particular, you know, we've talked about how this is like probably like an evil factory and or something. And these chickens are being, um, you know, not treated well. But there's also clearly guys that are just like working a job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I sometimes felt like, do these, does everyone in here deserve to get exploded? Cause that guy was playing games on his phone, just sitting. And I fell from like a hundred feet above him and, and popped him. I probably could have just went right past him. I, I love that there's a, there's a level where you, you finally come upon what seems to be like, a restaurant where they're serving the chicken and there's little dudes in, in little baseball caps with chicken buckets in front of them. There's a, there's one of the weird green dudes dressed up as a chicken with a chicken head on. Like there's this whole like world of, of fast food chicken going on with these weird little green dudes. And, you know, bomb chicken just wants to explode these dudes and get through. It's, it's great. I, I also love, um, that, the chicken has an idle animation that triggers almost immediately if you aren't pressing uh, any button where it's the little head is just looking up, down, left and right, like constantly. And you just hear like a little peeping and I love it. It's adorable there. The, uh, Laura, you've talked a lot about the sound design, the variety of chicken sounds so both, many clocks both excited and terrible like terrified dying chicken sounds is wonderful and it made me laugh constantly and if you're playing this game near anyone just like the constant little explosions and chicken sounds it makes the it the game sounds even crazier than w- what it looks like so I'm so glad that Nitrome finally moved to making these sorts of experiences like on console and Nintendo Switch is the perfect place for it. Like this is this is such a this game 
really feels connected to their past work, but it also really feels like a Switch game. And they've done a great job of implementing some of those Switch features that you kind of expect with a Switch game, but like it's nice to see that they're there. The HD rumble on this game is great. You know, bombs blowing up and HD rumble are so perfect together. Like, why not, right? Like, they, they, you get really great, good tactile HD rumble when your bombs explode. And that's particularly cool when you got a huge, long string of bombs that are all kind of setting each other off. You get that great rumble action with it. Uh, and they've also just tried to make it a good native Switch game. They uh, they included uh, video capture support with the game. Uh, if you're not familiar, the Switch has a video capture uh, you can always take screenshots of any game, but a game has to specifically support video capture as a game feature, and not every game does. Um, most Nintendo first-party games do, uh, but a lot of third-party or indie games don't support video capture on the Switch. You can't take a little clip and then share it to Twitter or whatever. Uh, Bomb Chicken, you can. If you set off a cool combo or something, you can record that on your on your Switch and tweet it out or Facebook it or whatever immediately right there from your Switch, which is a nice thing to be able to do. Um, it's just a really nice Switch game. Um, so I'm really glad they brought this to Switch instead of iOS. It would have been a good iOS game, but it's so much better as a Switch game. Yeah, and what is it? $14.99 or is it $19.99? I think it's for, it's either $14.99 or... I think it's $14.99. It was on sale when I purchased it. It's $14.99 sand sale. Yeah, when I bought it, it was... Uh, 40% off and they, uh, they had that sale pretty soon after it or its original launch. So you may see the price on this kind of vary a little bit, but at 1499, I think that is a totally fair price for this game because it is a great platformer. It just, it ticked all the boxes for me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love platformers and this is a really good one. Yeah. Also right now, I think it's only on the switch, but the website does show a steam logo. So I assume this is coming to steam eventually. If you don't have a switch or I prefer the, you know, prefer playing on a, on a PC. It was on green light at some point. I don't know if it made green light or what, but, um, hopefully it will be coming to PC if that's your preferred platform. Yeah. I'm not even sure green light is still a thing, but they still do have the switch, the steam icon on here. You can't click on it to go to a steam page though. So that's probably coming, but isn't there yet. So bomb chicken made me very happy this week, but as you know, if you've been listening to the show, we have a segment here at the end that we call what's making you happy this week, where we talk about things other than bomb chicken that have been making us happy this week. So, uh, Laura, what's making you happy this week? I'm going to do a little bit of a cheat and do two categories. One is I was sick and I watched a whole bunch of delightful romantic comedies that were on Netflix. Uh, one is based on a young adult book I read, um, to all the boys I've loved before. It just came out, uh, on Friday. It's really, really cute. Uh, and if you want a little bit deeper, more literary, uh, period piece at uh, the Guernsey Literary P and Potato Peel Society is actually great. I saw it uh, right before I took a friend to Mamma Mia after a bad work day. And oh, good. I saw the trailer for that. It looked real cute. It also looked like the sort of thing that my wife was not going to be into. So I have to find some <laughs> Reagan time to watch that one. So I'm yeah. glad you're telling me, is it is it like good, good or is it like good trash? It's good, good. Um, okay. And it, it's funny because I think literary Twitter, or book Twitter, uh, that some of people I follow saw this like eight months ago because they kept talking about the potato peel movie. So it's very odd that like, it just came out for us mortals who don't have 
you know, free access to books or whatever they like <laughs> Wait, the publishing what? industry. Well, the publishing oh, industry okay. gets weird free screeners and they get free books. So okay. they talk about things a year before anyone else does. So it's really hard to figure out what is available for normal people. Gotcha. Anyway, it just came out on Netflix. It's really cute. Um, but the other thing I wanted to give a endorsement to is called Evergarden, and it is by the developers of Race the Sun. I pre-ordered it. It is a very different game than Race the Sun. If you've played it, that's kind of a you know daily procedurally generated endless runner. Yeah. This is a strategy game. It's kind of about gardening. It's almost impossible to just describe the gameplay, but it has so much depth. If you like board games, this takes a lot of the kind of, you know, do I combine things? Do I plant things? Do I, you know, what do I do on each turn to make my turn count? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still playing. It's getting more and more complex. It feels like a very meditative, beautiful experience. It's so polished. I will bet anybody 20 bucks this gets a design award. This is going to uh, get one of the Apple design awards. Yeah. Yes. Well, that that sounds... I, I love strategy games. Uh, I love board games. And I have a garden. So this yeah, sounds I mean, right up my You start alley. playing it and it feels like, a, like, feels like other games you've played before, but the way they deepen it and the way they add more mechanics and richness to it makes it very different than a lot of other games. So uh, you see that little hexagonal board and you think you know what you're doing but Hmm. um it it was a game that justin downloaded on the family plan next to me and he played for then an hour and a half and i had to be like go catch your flight (laughs) wow (laughs) you're gonna miss your plane please stop playing this video game so evergarden uh it's about it's four or five dollars um absolutely beautiful worth every penny awesome uh Nate, what is making you happy this week? Also an iOS game. Uh, it's called Hole Down. And oh, yeah. It, okay. Yes. So I've been good. playing this one a lot. <laughs> I, yeah. And I think we all are. I think this will be like um, Downwell you talked about earlier in this episode, a game that we all played and loved, but was just not enough for an episode of our show. Um, you must build a boat. It's in our pantheon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And which is rare because we have made some real long episodes on some real short uh, games. But it, it's got. It, it is also a single mechanic game. Uh, but it's like a block. It's like a reverse block breaker. You guys can help me explain this game. So you start at the top of the map and you have a little ball that you can aim to shoot more balls out of that ball and you're trying to hit these blocks that all have like a, a big number on it five ten fifteen it goes uh up a lot and every time you hit it with a ball that number goes down and you start out by shooting like three balls and there's a lot of things that can increase the amount of balls that you get and like a good block breaker game normally you know you're on the bottom and you're trying to like bounce the ball and what you're really hoping to do is get the ball like caught in the back between the walls and the blocks that are still there so it's just like ricocheting like crazy and breaking blocks that is kind of what you're trying to do with this game but you're shooting it down and you're picking exactly what angle the balls that you shoot uh like you're picking exactly the angle so you're trying to bank them and get these like crazy trick shots where you just 
get the balls uh, destroying all the blocks and the screen just keeps moving down. Yeah, and I think of it as a little bit like a cross between uh, Breakout and Peggle because it's got that same uh, Peggle. I played so much Peggle and you get that same sort of like feeling of like, you know, aiming and letting a bunch of balls go and it just sort of you get this cascade of of randomness to all of the uh all of the you know balls deflecting everywhere and hitting everything and making noises and oh it it, that that sort of feeling of like slightly controlled or slightly directed physics madness is so great Mm -hmm. it's so bouncy very bouncy (laughs) This is one of the best games for GIFs because they do have a video capture or a, a capture option and you can just grab GIFs of your screen and it's um, tremendously entertaining to see some of the ridiculous plays in this game. I'm up to, I just finished The Sun and I've unlocked Black Hole, uh, but I feel like I'll be playing this for a very long time. Yeah, whenever the ball, every time it bounces, it speeds up just a little bit. But sometimes it's bouncing for a really long time. And there might be like 10 to 15 balls on the screen that are bouncing incredibly flat fast, just flying off the blocks. Because the further you get into the game, there will be blocks that have to be hit over 100 times by a ball. And you only shoot, you know, 10 or 15 at a time. So you're trying to every block is a uh, is rounded on the edge. So there's like the perfect angle you can shoot where the ball will bounce and you're trying to like bounce it where you know it'll hit another one. Then you hope it gets trapped and they just like start rapid fire. Just like you were saying, the random chaos is it's just fun. You just, you know, like probably every five or six shots, it's not perfect. But then that one where you get to just let go and stare at the mayhem as the blocks get knocked away. It's really fun and yeah. really satisfying. A really good like one handed game, too. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. That, you know, you could play briefly or you could just sit and play for a long time. Also, um, I mean, this is this is a game that is visual to the point where like our our description of it here, apart from just the part where we say this game is really good, you should check it out and it's on iOS. Really, what you need to do is look up a, a picture or video, really a video of this game in action and you'll get get what we're talking about because it's immediately drew me in. I just immediately could see it and thought like, oh, that's going to be fun to play. That's immediately looked fun to play. So, yeah, take a look at it. Look up their website and I'm sure you'll you'll get it we'll have a link to it in the show notes too yeah shane's been tweeting about it for a few days now yep sorry you couldn't be here shane uh the one thing that i was going to mention is what's making me happy this week i'm a little bit nervous to talk about publicly because i worried it will make me sound like a serial killer but i i promise i'm not so i'll (laughs) i'll start with a content warning good start reagan how often because i don't think this is the first time on this show even how often do you feel like you have to make the caveat that you are not a serial killer I mean, before you start talking about something. Not so often on this show, but I mean, <laughs> in general, it feel, yeah, it feels pretty life. common. Yeah. yeah, when encountering a stranger, I often feel I need to make that. Anyway, uh, what I <laughs> what I've been kind of enjoying this week, something that I'm not proud to say I've been enjoying a lot, but okay, content warning uh, for for uh, for if you're if you love animals, particularly <laughs> if you love rodents, this may not be for you. You have made this content warning when you talked about the boiling cats oh, interactive fiction game. Hair. This is not the first time that's that, what I'm saying. That Reagan you're... has made the "if you're a, an animal lover, don't <laughs> listen to what... me" talk. 
I'm not immune to to the plight of animals. I love animals. And in fact, I love rodents. I love mice and rats. I've had them as pets. But I, I found a you YouTube channel uh, from a YouTuber called Sean Woods who has a, a sort of a feature on his channel that's basically what's become most of his channel called Mousetrap Mondays. And uh, what it is, is uh, you've, you've heard of, you've, you've heard the phrase like, you know, building a better mousetrap. This is, you have no idea what variety there is in the types of mousetraps. Um, his channel is about building and testing a incredible variety of mousetraps, some commercial mousetraps that you can buy, but mostly just various different ways of trapping and killing rodents uh, that have been used throughout history and in all sorts of other circumstances. Uh, for example, he has a playlist where he got a a 427-year-old manuscript in which somebody described various ways of trapping mice, and then he went and built every single one of their mouse traps, and then set up the trap in his barn. He lives in a very rural area, tons of uh, mice and rats and other rodents around um, that are constant pests for his farm and the farms around him. And so he sets up these traps and sets up little motion cameras with night vision and just sees how well they do. And I think there's something really strangely entrancing about watching these, you know, fairly complex, some of them mouse traps or some very mechanically simple, just testing them out, seeing how they work, um, seeing thousands of different ways. Uh, at this point, he's done hundreds of Mousetrap Monday videos, seeing hundreds of different ways to approach the same problem of trapping or killing rodents. Some live traps, some not. He's he's pretty good about what he shows in the videos, um, particularly more recent videos. He will, if there's anything that would be remotely gory or that would be really distressing, um, he will like either not show it or cut parts out or show or put little overlays over the the video to. Um, uh, mostly, I think, because YouTube had started demonetizing some of his videos that were uh, a little bit more potentially distressing for people who are really empathetic towards mice and rats. But anyway. So what you're saying is you have now subscribed to the bonus content where you get to see all the gory details that you crave. You joke, but that is a thing on his website if you want that. I'm not, not surprised at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's actually, I just thought it was really interesting. If you want a place to start, he has a playlist called All 12 of Mascali's 427-Year-Old Style Mouse Traps. Uh, and I'll have a link to that playlist in the show notes, which is very interesting. It's all of the oldest mouse trap designs that he's built and tested. I thought it was really interesting. Does that make me a serial killer? I hope not, but uh, maybe you'll find it interesting too. And it made me, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say happy, but fascinated this week. So uh, that's... <laughs> just kidding. Just gonna close without comment moving forward yes uh moving on would you say uh, i am not immune to the plight of animals uh the reagan kelly story all right we can move forward <laughs> thank you uh so thank you guys for joining us on this episode of the short game uh i'm reagan kelly you can find me on twitter at reagan k that's r-a-y-g-a-n-k and uh i hesitate to say this but also now on mastodon at reagan at mastodon.social uh, and you can find our show on Twitter at underscore short game, which is the best way to get in touch with our show. If you have suggestions, we love to hear from you about great short video games that you've played and think are interesting. Let us know about them uh, and let us know why you like them. Uh, you can also drop us a line through our website, go to www.theshortgame.net. We've got a contact form on there. That's also a great place to check out our show notes page, which is searchable. If you go on there, you can do a search on 
any game that you might think is interesting and see if we've done an episode on it or mentioned it in an episode of the podcast. We've got a nice back catalog for you to check out now. Uh, so, Laura Nash, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. And Nate, where can people find you? On Twitter at Nate STL. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game.